Anyway, I'm ready to go. Yeah, cha. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Got dusted off my moose. Um, I'm not is... going to follow up question on that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you just live with your moose and let's start an episode. <laughs> no, that's where the fun jokes come out. I just have my moose. My moose is where the where the where the sillies come the out. The moose is loose and he's the, the he's moose ready is to goose. He's ready to goose. Look, whatever you do with your moose down there in Portland is your own business. I don't need to know about it. I'm just waiting for you to kindly shut the heck up. All right. Well, my moose is a quiet. Is now a quiet <laughs> moose. I've silenced my moose. <laughs> Used to be four ordinary All right, ladies and germs, welcome back to another week of Saturday morning Tuesdays. We're out there in the sun. We got the sand between our toes. The ska music is playing. Oh. On our on our on our shiny tin on our shiny tin boombox. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm For with new you listeners, so far. this is Saturday Morning Tuesdays, a <laughs> podcast where we review one Jamiroquai song every week for a whole hour. <laughs> Sure, you're right. That is what we've been doing for a year. It's Jamiroquai we do every songs. Week, every week for the last year, we've talked about one Jamiroquai song. <laughs> I'm sorry, but are, are you are you implying that Jamiroquai is ska? Because it is it is like classic, like soul modern soul funk pop. Classic modern soul funk. I don't know. I call I call more like acid ha- jazz. Uh, I don't know. They're kind of hard to pigeonhole. Uh, it's called circle bop. It's called second wave ska. No, I think I think Austin's right. I think it's circle bop. <laughs> circle bop. Bop your circle right on the head. Uh, speaking of it's names, hat chill. Uh, we haven't said our <laughs> names yet. This is a this is a good intro. I'm Andy. I'm Austin, and I'm your rudest boy, Rory. <laughs> yeah, no, I won't debate. I won't debate that. Well, and if you and if you had done any bit of, any bit of ska research this week, like I did. <laughs> You would know that they that that the the ska the ska people the people who are into that ska music they're traditionally referred to as rude boys and rude girls. This <laughs> the is the preferred nomenclature. <laughs> really, you're yeah. right. I didn't I didn't Wik- know that. Wikipedia that. Uh, okay, okay, great. Yeah, uh, it says here. Ska is a music genre originated by rude boys and rude girls. You're you're wow. so right. Rude boys and See, rude girls. all of us Jamiroquai fans, us us quiet <laughs> us Qui-Gons, us quiet heads. Uh, you know, we we don't really have that terminology. Um, but you know, it's interesting. It's a good a good way to see into the ska and the ska world. Uh, I have a I have a legitimate question. Yes, uh, which is not to, which is not to say that anything that we've been saying is not legitimate. Uh, but what Jamiroquai song or songs are we looking at today? Well, the only Jamiroquai song that we review every week is Little L. <laughs> is that a real song? I don't know Jamiroquai. I have to level with you. I don't think I've ever listened to a single fucking song by Jamiroquai. I just told you I looked up the name for what people who listen to Scott is. You think I didn't look up one Jamiroquai song for this bit? You think I... <laughs> 
uh, if you weren't looking up like virtual insanity or uh, can't yeah, just name drop hits, but you know we did the hits the first month, and then what? Then it's back to the then what? Then they, what, uh, Austin? They did all you need is love, right? Uh-huh. That was that was them. Uh, when I that said was I did the... my research. I really only went as far as the bit was concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't right. look up all of their songs and commit them to memory. That's fine because this way, like when we completely restart the podcast and try a completely <laughs> different attack. Oh yeah, tactic, we're gonna try a completely different you know, topic like, this week. Yeah, then it you know won't we won't be that far off, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, what's your what's your suggestion there, Hotshot? Which one of us is Hotshot? Whoever's gonna tell us what we do this week. Oh. Well, we're going to take a break from the formula and not talk about that one Jamiroquai song, Little L, I think is what you said it was, and I should know because we do it every week, but we're actually going to talk about cartoons. Does oh, that sound fuck good? yeah, that's great, because awesome. I just watched three cartoons today. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Which cartoons? I watched uh, just three episodes of Doug. <laughs> God damn it. Well, this would have been a lot cooler if we all watched the same cartoons. Oh, shit. You know what else? I also did watch an episode of Moo Mesa and <gasps> Cyber Six and Sailor Moon. <gasps> Those are exactly the ones that I watched. Oh, shit. I yeah. also watched them while I was on my while I was deep in my ska hole. I was watching cartoons. <laughs> That's where the rude boys live, right? They, they the burrow their ska are, holes. Got, Were you raised by rude boys? <laughs> <laughs> Taken yeah. in by the rude boys and rude girls at a young age. Trained into a human weapon, a weapon of ska. <laughs> Common phrase the mesa to the western skies with the sound of a thousand cattle drives. A chosen few. Well, from deep down in that ska hole, here's another episode of Cowboys and Mumesa we watched Wild West <laughs> Adventures of Cowboys Mumesa Attack, the Wild West CRW Boys. <laughs> This episode was called Another Fine Mesa. It's Moo Montana's 10th anniversary as Marshall and No One. <laughs> I like that. I was reading it very matter-of-factly, but I like the way that they've put in a little inflection there, a little bit of salt and pepper on this summary. <laughs> it's Moo Montana's 10th anniversary as Marshall and no one else seems to notice or care. <laughs> Out of the blue, Moo receives a telegram from Bessie Blue Bell in his hometown of Miller Glen. The retiring Sheriff T-Bone wants Moo to take over for him and help protect the town from Bat Blastagun and his henchmen. Now Moo must decide between Miller Glen, where he is beloved by the townsfolk, and Cowtown. Wow, what a choice. And let's just, uh, let's just, uh, it takes a second here to simmer on, uh, the two names, the Sheriff, the Sheriff (laughs) T-Bone. It's real, real dark. And his nemesis, Bat Blastigan. Bat Blastigan. Bat Blastigan. Bat Blastigan. Man, against my better judgment, I kind of liked this one. I did too. I did too. <laughs> like, I think aside this... from the terrible new villains, the structure of it and like the character bits were kind of satisfying. It was. I mean, so this was the season one finale episode, right? Yes. Yeah. So and it it felt like it. It felt like a season finale in a lot of ways Um, in that it I mean, unfortunately, it went back to default at the end. I was kind of hoping for, I don't know, something a little more meaningful as a change. But ultimately, it still had a lot of weight to it that we never see in this show. We had like personal stakes 
yeah for the sure. first time my main like it, complaint though is is like uh like the first episode we watched actually this the odd point of view of the studio executive this hmm. this straight white man who gets who is incredibly successful at everything he does and lives a very good life and is still expecting to be lavished upon for <laughs> you know by everyone at all times for just being him for being yeah. how great he is all the citizens of cowtown have to do is forget that he, they don't even forget. They forget, just, it's just, they forget it he's been their police officer for 10 years. Like, that's a real thing people care about. Yeah. And then and then he off cries. that one thing, he's like, well, fuck it. I'm going to move to another fucking town. Like, what well, a whiner. kind of. I'm kind of. I mean, I would say the interesting thing is that he, he's feeling down and he gets an opportunity. He's feeling down. He gets an opportunity. But he also has that rare moment of introspection that usually a finale of some kind usually does in in a heavy formula show where it's like hey wait a minute you know that moment <laughs> like a, a lot of like season finales it's like they keep doing the same shit every episode every week and then it's like hey oh, why sure. do i keep doing this like <laughs> mm-hmm. none of this works none of this helps right and he has some of that revelation like when he arrests the the Saddlesaur and Boothill Buzzard, and then immediately the mayor strolls in and is like, oh, these boys have learned their lesson, and lets him out of prison. And then yeah. that leads Moo to just feel like, God, ha- he has an existential it, crisis. It's a fun play on the fact that like they do just sort of reset the uh, the canon every week. Right. Where... You know, Moo is ex- he's like, you can't just keep letting them out every time. And the mayor's like, well, they're criminals. You know, at, at this point, what's one more time? And then immediately yeah. after this, like, really sad moment, he walks away and he feels defeated. The next shot is of him at the bar drowning his sorrows and looking sadder than a cartoon cow has ever looked. Just like yeah. drinking this mug of sarsaparilla. I and you, appreciate that. You drinking get it. Like you pop. get it because <laughs> you just see this like constant corruption in this town. There's no reason to do anything. He's like, worn down by syndication. Exactly. <laughs> and it's so so the, the the crux of the thing is that everyone in town, of course, did remember and they do appreciate that he's been their their law cow for 10 years. But they're trying to play coy about it because they're planning a surprise party for him. But to play he's cow one about of it. my it's one of my <laughs> personal like least favorite hack excuses of all time for why somebody why everyone forgot about your birthday or whatever day mm. was that they were planning a surprise. Right. Right. It's just it's I mean, I don't have a lot to say on the topic. It's just so overused. It, it's it, wishful it, thinking. It's, it's a definitely it's an escapist it's, fantasy. It's, and it's a and it's a it's an escapist fantasy, which is not exactly my problem. My problem is, is it's a way to undo the whole episode kind of with one little quick pull of the uh, of the tablecloth. Whereas like, nope, all of the all the introspection you were doing was for nothing because you were going to have a party later that day. So uh, so the whole you right back. the whole journey Come on back I mean, and never change. Moo went through a whole journey to realize he came back and then he gets an extra thing as a bonus. But he had already <laughs> yeah. he'd already made that journey before they they had the surprise. Exactly. Party. Yeah. Uh, man, there's just there's some stuff. I don't know how I feel about Moo across this episode, to be perfectly honest, because he spends most of his time like emotionally cheating. Yeah. Like, yeah. So that's the thing is, is that uh when they the the fact that they've danced around whether or not he's with or not with Miss Lily has kind of also become a little problematic. Yeah, because and I, the second he shows up at his hometown 
And this woman he's left on hanging on a string who's still pining after him. He's just like, yeah, I'll indulge these affections. This sounds fun. <laughs> and he just like kind of starts holding hands with her. And it's like, God damn it, dude. Yeah. None of these ladies are married. None no. of these ladies seem to like, you know, they all feel like they've got a good chance with Moo. He's yeah, gotta, he's the lonesome dove. Yeah, he's got to <laughs> fucking do something. You know, he's got to tie one of them down and not just leave all these <laughs> all these ladies hanging in different towns. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, so the the deal with the other town, right? So he grew up in uh, what's the Miller name of Glen. it? Miller Glen. Miller <clears throat> Glen. So Moo grew up in Miller Glen, and uh, Sheriff T Bone there taught him everything he knows about being a law cow. Uh, sort of a father-son kind of relationship. And so he's got a lot of these like nice memories about Miller Glenn, and they send a telegram because they're getting roughed up by Bat Blastagun and his <laughs> three cronies that are awful. It's his spooky creatures gang, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's the spooky he's a bat. monsters. There's a, like a lizard and a snake so with the snake I, that's wrapped around the lizard. I went onto the wiki and I found their names. So oh, good. So we've got Bat Blastagun, who is a Batman, and he's kind of doing like a Jack Nicholson impression. He's kind yeah. of, it's between Jack Nicholson and also uh, uh, George McFly from Back to the Future. He's like, <laughs> hey, Biff, hey, Biff, put down your whatever, like, <laughs> I'm kind of Bat that. Blastagun. <laughs> I'm going to shoot you. Uh, and then uh, we've got Gil a Monster, which is a Gila mm. Monster. Uh, but this time it is with a hard G. That's very funny. I know. It's weird. But he's they ran British. out of creatures pretty quickly. Gale. He's also British, like the Gila monsters from the from the Gila hooligans. So I like the the continuity there. Uh, and around Gil a monster is wrapped, I guess, like his best friend, life partner. I don't know. <laughs> like this rattlesnake that never talks, called called Rawhide Rattler. Uh, okay. And then there's just a a, a, a big Spider Man. Yeah, no one really ever spends that much time reflecting on the incredibly, like, uh, symbiotic relationship of, like, minion duos. Yeah. This, you know, this codependency between duo between minions who are never apart. <laughs> like, that's, that's a pretty close relationship. Yeah, we yeah, also dude. had Frank and Beans as a... As oh, yeah, a little Frank and Beans. <laughs> Boy. Boy. <laughs> little little cowpokes. <laughs> so they're... So there's this is what is what's her name Bessie Bessie Bluebell Bessie Bluebell Bessie Bluebell has two brothers and they're dumb as paint and <laughs> their names are Frank and Beans and one of them I don't know which because you can't tell them you don't know and which they do one is 50 Frank and Beans sticks the whole episode yeah yeah they they're straight out stick. of a Chuck Jones cartoon and <laughs> one of them keeps saying utterly like like a pun on utters as like an interjection and it, it it's old after the first one. But he does it like seven times. Yeah, you still don't know why they do it. It's just <laughs> a thing they gave him to do. It kind of, it kind of just felt like they, they, they really hastily peopled Miller Glenn with like a believable cast of kind of, I don't know, copy paste of of the friends from. It, they put just enough effort into it that like they seemed like they were, you know, <laughs> waiting for a note that was like everyone in Cowtown's done. We got to do a new city next year, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's like they put a little too much work for a side episode that we're never going to see again, but not yeah. enough to make anybody interesting or compelling. Well, yeah, Absolutely. I mean, they needed, to, they needed to develop them so they could do a little like Seven Samurai pastiche 
uh, <laughs> to like have the villagers learn to defend themselves yeah. very briefly. Yeah, to like take two steps down that path and then give up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just like most plots on this show. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it's interesting. So, oh, I forgot. The Spider Man's name is Sid Arachnid. So, oh, okay. There you go. They're bad names. Uh, and he's kind of doing like a New York accent or something. Sort of sounds or like a, like a male Roseanne, Rosanna Dana. <laughs> um, a male Roseanne. <laughs> uh, so, I got some notes of Russian in that one too. Yeah, he's really inconsistent. Uh, yeah, so these bad guys are here, they're fucking up the town, they get Moo to come and help, and Moo gets out of it a sort of feeling like he's needed somewhere, um, which of course is like the big arc of, of his deal for the episode. And these people love him. Like, these people <laughs> love Moo. Moo is adored here. It is almost hilarious, <laughs> like, how much people love Moo in this town. And, you, you know, it makes sense, like... All right, I can actually be in a place where, you know, the sheriff doesn't let the criminals go every day. And yeah, uh, yeah although nothing about Moo Montana that we've learned so far gives us any reason to believe he would have left this town to begin with. Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> he became yeah, a marshal, right? He went off to sure. become a marshal. He's not the sheriff. Oh, uh, right? I say, yeah, that's uh, it's fair. Um, I did like we get we get a sort of uh, we get some background on the code of the West. Oh yeah, where where T Bone showed him the book one time, and like a weird little OCD kid, uh, Moo <laughs> Montana just committed the whole thing to memory. <laughs> and T was like, "Dude, I showed you that, I showed you that book one time in passing. <laughs> now it's your fucking whole deal." <laughs> oh god, uh, yeah, I don't know. I got. I got kind of bogged down and distracted by all of, but like getting mad at Moo for making eyes at Bessie. Uh, Dude, that was just, Bessie that was just wanted to fuck though. She was so she was ready. To, she was trying to pound the tush. Just trying yeah. to find, hold his tush down and just pound on it. That's <laughs> <laughs> the way one does. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. <laughs> But I got distracted by that, and then all the times that Bat Blastigun said, like, uh, oh, fang you very much. Yeah, so, so, some sort of fang, some sort of <laughs> bat-based pun. Oh, God. Uh, at some point in the episode, the the Marshals and Lily become aware of what's going on, and they're all, like, really freaked out. Uh, and Yeah, the telegram scene. Can you imagine, scene. though, like... In real life, if that was somebody's real thing, like if Austin just refused, like constantly, you know, forced Austin into whatever, whatever he was saying. <laughs> it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just oddly. If somebody like, was just uh, was some guy named John, somebody with an easier name than Austin, maybe. God. Oh, John, very, John, you very much. <laughs> John, you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to John out of here. <laughs> I'm just going to John on out of here. Andy, what were you going to say? Oh, uh, yeah, there's a scene where back in Cowtown, uh, Jack, the Jackrabbit shows up and is like, I got a telegram from Miller Glenn. Uh, this is my favorite part of the episode. This was a, good. It's a great part of the episode. Uh, I specifically like this the most because um, Jim Cummings doing this voice as Jackrabbit is never not fun and i think if we're gonna do this every episode and it's always gonna be me i'm gonna make kyle drop in this audio because he says 
his accent, he says he sent me a wire, but he says like, My cousin Jack Rabbit is the telegraph operator down at the Miller Glen. He sent me a wire. <laughs> and it's just so over the top and overdone that it's really charming. Um, but yeah, what is it that you guys like about this one? Um, so the scene, ha- I mean, what happens is this this uh, mail carrier is talking about like his brother, like Jack, is it Jack Rabbit or it's something, you know, know, it's something that rhymes with, you know, but it's like his brother <laughs> that got and he's giving the lowdown to uh, Dakota and Col- mm-hmm. Colorado and uh, Miss Lily. And he's saying like, oh, man, uh, they hear that hear that Moo got new deputies and he's like going to be sheriff and he's having a great time and everybody loves him and they're like oh no new new deputies <laughs> and then he's like i don't feel like he's real sweet on on bonnabelle or is real sweet on on bessie bluebell and and then miss lily's like oh no they individually <laughs> and, and have my different part features. is a little bit of uh we got to kind of uh put the sandwich back together a little bit pull the lid off and go on into the middle for a second here but uh, as they're all <laughs> reacting, and uh, Miss Lily's oh no was about two thirds of uh, Dakota's when 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 the Jackrabbit's like he's got a new Dakota, he's got a new deputy, and Dakota's like what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what? fucking betrayed. <laughs> oh God, I loved it, uh, and I, I love it so much. I'm not even gonna go backwards and ask you about how sandwiches don't have lids and what the fuck you're talking about, Rory. Well, you know, you got to take the top off because Austin <laughs> already put the top back on the sandwich. He made the sandwich nice and complete, but I wanted to talk about the parts in the middle of that sandwich. I just want to get in there like so some I pastrami. To, I had to take off that. I had to take off that bread and that lettuce and get into where that meat was that I, where Austin left it. Austin left that meat in the middle <laughs> of the sandwich and I had to go get at it. <laughs> uh, okay. The last chunk of the episode, uh, they the big bad guys they steal they they kidnap Bessie, and uh, and so you know what a surprise uh, yeah exactly <laughs> Moo has to go save the damsel, uh, which he does and it's not that hard because they're terrible villains, and uh, I don't know it it's it's just kind of it's kind of vanilla from there on out it um, is. But I do have to say, it's kind of fun as he's like taking Bessie back to town uh, and they're the bad guys are chasing them. She actually like shows a little value for once, uh, the, like as opposed to the rest of the episode. She like grabs the lasso and lassos like a big fucking tumbleweed and like makes a dust cloud behind them. And, you know, she got she got like one moment to seem kind of competent. Although for- I will say that uh, for some reason they find a way to credit it to t-bone to sheriff t-bone where he's like where'd you where'd you think of doing that well standing nearby got all the credit (laughs) right yeah yeah he asked her how she got the idea to do it because like oh what a woman just can't have a good idea um and she's like oh sheriff t-bone taught me that or whatever it's like oh okay no back back in cow town the women only pour me sarsaparilla (laughs) Uh, the women folk are mighty uppity around here mr (laughs) t-bone There's uh. another bit that I appreciated um, from the showdown with mm-hmm. with Moo in the cave where uh, he's covered by the snake. the The Gil Gil Mo- Gilla monster throws the Gil snake and his sna- at throws him. His snake friend. He at throws him. a snake to become like to wrap around <laughs> Moo like a rope. And yeah. <laughs> Moo uh, calls this is just, for the snake is his just horse. one snake. By the way, it's not two snakes. It's not two snakes. No, it's just <laughs> one snake. 
But uh, <laughs> Moo calls for his horse, and the horse chomps down hard on the rattle of the rattlesnake. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you know it's it's a good it's a good little moment. The the snake is very you know hurt. By the <laughs> horse chomps. <laughs> yeah. The snake is very hurt. <laughs> and it really tickled Austin pink. Boy, he had a good chortle about it. Uh I agree. Boy, oh was, geez. <laughs> no, it was it was a good there were some good bits. I'm not gonna shit on the episode the whole, the whole time. I did enjoy it on the whole. Um but they wrap it up real fast. They have like a uh, you know, pistols, pistol draw showdown, uh and Moo, of course, wins against the three of them because he's super yeah. fast and very, very sexy. Um, and he he manages to shoot his sheriff star so that it like breaks all their pants buckles and their pants fall down, which is just oh, that's great. That's what you want to do to villains in cartoons. You gotta I make hilarious. their pants come down. The, the episode does end on a very odd note, which I guess you know for a children's cartoon it it, it can be read as uplifting. The, the old lawman is finally set to retire, but now he has no replacement, and he's, like, thinking about how he has to keep doing the job. Yeah. So Moo recommends these two buffoons. Yeah. And like, that's I a great solution. Sh- yeah, like, I'm not sure what's worse. Is this tired old broken lawman still doing the job that he has no business doing anymore? Or these two absolute imbeciles just running around with, you know, yeah. the letter of the law behind them. Like, and both somehow, seem like very, somehow very they're better than, than Bessie. Yeah. Oh god. Oh, I didn't even know that she was kind of like up for it. I didn't well, catch that. No, of course, of that's the problem is that she wasn't even. Uh, yeah. I see, sure. Was well, she a deputy? No. No, but she can oh. throw that lasso around. No, but she was sure, she, she was smarter than and has, uh, and has a brain in her, has a brain on her shoulders. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. She's, she's better than her brothers. Uh and then he says goodbye to Bessie and he says he's like holding her close and he's like I'll always have a special plate in my heart for you, Bessie, which is like effectively keeping her on the leash for another fucking decade or something. Yeah, seriously, man. <laughs> like that Come on, that lady is going to pine. Go. She's going to keep pining for you when you say shit like that. You got to make that clean cut, bro. Ugh. Yeah. Especially when you're going back to like your steady girlfriend. Yeah, he's going to go ghost her now. Such bullshit. Yeah, come on, Moo. Come on, Moo. Come on, Moo. Yeah, let's all let's all ride to the sunset on this GD show. <laughs> well, okay, so we're we're clip clop clip clop. I'm riding off. This uh, this was the end of season one, and next week is going to be the last time we watch Moo Mesa, probably. And we're jumping yeah, all the way to the very very end. That's right. I'm we're really gonna excited to watch the last episode. So stoked. It's gonna be a good one. It's gonna be a good one, guys. <laughs> I don't know. It might be a huge stink. Yeah, it we might, might be a stinker, it. but it's probably going to be a good one. It's probably, probably going to be a good one. <laughs> it might be stink. Might be stink <laughs> one. Uh, Rory. What's the deal there, my friend Austin? Rory, you would not believe. I just got off the phone with an well, advertiser. I just got off a gosh dang phone. Even... <laughs> the gosh dang phone rang on my phone, and I had to talk to the person, and they were an advertiser, and they said that you closed a deal on an advertiser without telling us. No, I didn't close it. I oh, I got it for us. Oh, okay, good. Well, yeah. will you tell us about our new sponsor, our new sponsor called Salty Vaseline? Salty Vaseline, dude. So I'll tell you what. 
you ever been you ever been trying to squeeze through a tight doorway and that sounds like a very uh promiscuous euphemism but i'm talking about just squeezing through doorways i'm talking about yeah the nice, i'm i'm very large original use of vaseline or we're just trying to use it to get through doorways real I quick. I do a lot of cave diving, so yes. Did a lot of cave diving, so I'm squirming through these tight <laughs> doors. I'm doing a lot of wiggling, some of that cave, those cave wiggles, and sometimes, sometimes <laughs> you gotta butter your boys up if you want to get through the dark, the deep dark caves. <laughs> yeah, this is still so, not about sex. <laughs> no, this is not at all about sex. <laughs> this is about being a real cave diver, <laughs> really trying to wiggle through some real, real caves. Look. Yeah, yeah, please tell me. When the advertiser is a known, unknown risky business solution, it's going to always sound a little risque, but I promise you this is just about putting salty Vaseline on all over your arms and legs and squeezing <laughs> through a very real cave. <laughs> now, wow. Why is it salty? Well, the people want to know. Let me tell you what. Okay, so you know how you know how there's fresh water and salt water. Sure. Yeah, everyone sure. does. So, so uh, salty is it's basically kind of it's just more it's more durable for for cave diving. Those caves are already salty if you've ever licked them up. And this is a way to keep the keep the keep the keep your arms and legs wet with with lubricant with Vaseline as you squirm through those through those salty caves. It just keeps it on better. Oh, okay. Basically. Yeah, I wish there was like a a, a funnier risque or solution, but because this is a very real thing that people do, they just want to slip inside through caves. Unfortunately, there's always just can't. Not everything can be a a, a tongue and cheek little wink wink. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It was stupid of me to expect. Yeah, so I don't know if you do like to like spelunk down in those deep dark caves into those lower caves down below the down below the sea belt, then maybe what you should do is. You go and buy yourself one a tub of that salty Vaseline, put it on, put it on your fingers and toes, and you know, go down, go down in those caves, go, go see what all the crabs are talking about. Wow, I'm so excited! I'm gonna go splunk everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking disgusting. This is a normal ad, Austin. <laughs> Am I saying it wrong? Is that why? <laughs> salty, salty Vaseline. <laughs> salty Vaseline. <laughs> Try it, dog. Jamira, welcome back, everybody. Here we are. Uh, we're going to talk about that next Jamiroquai song. Uh, it's it's Cyber Six, episode twelve. That's a, it might not sound like a song, but trust us, it is. Well, it's the album and the song. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the album is Cyber Six, episode twelve, and the song is called Daylight Devil. And here's a synopsis of the song. Uh, a reptilian woman named Griselda has been sent to kill Cyber Six. She can turn invisible, and she has a grappling hook, so she's mondo scary. <laughs> Adrian and Lucas take their classes on a field trip to the woods for some reason, and Griselda follows, eventually learning that Adrian is Cyber Six. After a long chase scene involving panthers, ambulances, and skateboards, they end up on a bridge where Griselda falls to her death. Uh... Yes, 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 yeah. yes. So much attitude in this, in this <laughs> synopsis. Too, so much sassy dude. Look, so the original synopsis jumps, was terrible. <laughs> jumps right into it, right? We open in on a 
on a Ghost in the Shell style uh, fight versus an invisible person and yeah. rockets. And I gotta say, some if rocket you, launchers. If you can turn invisible and your hench people have rocket launchers, <laughs> and you're going in like close, it's a bad combination. Yeah, it's, it's like, a real not good. Sh- that's how you get blown up with a rocket launcher. You really yeah, got coordinated. and she almost does. With a sword. I played and, some Halo. I know what I know what I'm saying. And <laughs> she gets in that, close. Dude. This like lady who looks like a Star Wars alien. It's a really cool character design. She kind of looks like a Breath of the Wild Zora. Yeah, I thought she, she looked totally like a Zora does. too. Yeah, she yeah, has that's these, like, it. Little mini Twi'lek little head dicks, but <laughs> she's a little bit more shark like than uh, yeah, she's yeah, definitely. long dick, the, the, she's, long head dick. She's got like it's face super fins. Cool. Um, but yeah she gets up real close when she can turn all stealth in business and she gets up to cyber six and then these fixed ideas start shoot, shooting their rockets at their business and you know naturally because they got rockets you got to know exactly where that is and they don't know where she is so they just shoot those dang rockets and it's like what are you doing man what are you doing terrible terrible planning piss poor pride planning um But it's uh, it's Cyber Six and Data Seven that are like out here doing all the do. And in fact, this is a big Data Seven episode. And I feel like Rory must have been on Cloud Nine. I was on Cloud Seven. Yeah. All right. Okay. With Data Seven, my Panther. <laughs> uh, me, me and Data Seven were Panthers together on Cloud Seven. Is that? He does the Panther Cloud. Got it. Great. <laughs> <clears throat> uh. Yeah, I don't know. So this this lady, Griselda, we don't learn her name until like halfway through the episode and Cyber Six mentions her name like we already were supposed to know it. Uh, yeah, yeah, they've was, done that a few times now. I draw, assume name drop it like it's a thing. Maybe she learned about her before or something, you know, because uh, uh, she's from Von Richter. Surprise. Yeah, clearly, she's yeah. another one of Von Richter's creations, I guess. Uh, now, luckily, she... this I actually was pretty willing to just kind of move right past that because we open in on a this is this is the middle of a fight scene. So, like, yeah, we we have missed some amount of content. No, that's a good point. point. That's a good point. It's where, yeah, we're fully in media res here. So I just was I think that's a good way to look past all the junk they usually waste time explaining. Right. It's true. I think this episode in general is the way the story is being told is a lot more mature than it's really most good. other yes. episodes. Like the it's a huge step up as far as just the visual intelligence and the way the whole thing is like storyboarded and Yeah, there's a real written. competence at play. I liked yes. uh there it does it does things that you take for granted in other shows, right? It 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 didn't have them before and now it's kind of showcasing them where like Early in this episode, when they're heading off to the field trip we'll talk about in a minute, they drive past this giant bridge, and it lets us get this big establishing shot of the bridge that ends up being, like, the climax of the episode, like, right, 15 right. minutes later. Like, showing us things that they're going to show again later. This this yeah. show just isn't, like, that's a pretty rudimentary thing, but it hasn't been doing it until now. No. No. And the other thing, though, is that, like, this show has a history of copying not copying, but, you know, creating loving tributes to either classic suspense or horror. And sure. this this episode is very clearly pulling from classic suspense um, of both, like, Predator and uh, Alien. Yeah. But also, like, a little bit of, like, North by Northwest. A little bit of, like, 
like Hitchcock suspense. Um, just it just felt better. It just felt yeah. better. And and there's any number of like little tiny reasons why that could be, but you know mm-hmm. maybe it's the the amount of Panther that we got. Maybe that's yeah. all it takes. Yeah, I just get be. more Panther and it's better. Um, <laughs> yeah, for every episode that just has goblins repeatedly doing the same animation and like coming <laughs> in like super lazy. Uh, and then this that was just like needlessly extra gorgeous and I'm, like, I mean yeah even from the the very second scene uh, so we we've just come out of this fight right mm-hmm. uh, Six gets away from the from the from the goblin boys firing rockets like you know like buffoons cut to is is Cyber Six's apartment and she falls face first into the pillows yes just and collapses just sort of collapses yeah which I think is just. It's an attention to detail the show has had, but doesn't always have. Yeah. And this is an episode that has it. We've complained a little bit in the past that they don't let Cyber Six have much of a character. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if she's not going to talk much about herself, the way that you have to do stuff like that is in the, like, little movements, the way that she interacts with the environment. And, like, tiny stuff like the way she falls on the pillows or how she interacts with Data 7 in this episode or, or... you know. Or how she lies about her arm and tries to like deflect and not focus on the pain. Yeah, um, like because she has this persistent arm injury. Maybe some of those things have been a little more informative about the person she is in this episode than they've ever been for the rest of the series. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they let her sort of be herself. Also, because she's, you know, ironically, she's mostly Adrian for yeah. most of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and. I do I do think it's really uh funny. They th- the big drama here of course is that Griselda, this invisible person, um she finds out via following Great name, by the way, Griselda. <laughs> it's real good. Uh she trails Data 7 because Data 7 is worried about Cyber 6 and so she figures that if she follows the Panther the Panther will lead her to Cyber 6 and the Panther instead leads her to Adrian and so she figures out <laughs> the like secret identity that's happening and I think correct me if I'm wrong I think maybe the first actual villain to really find out the identity right yeah yeah in like in like a significant way yeah in like a way that endangers Adrian slash Cyber 6 yeah and it pushes Adrian and was into also a believable and not just kind of figuring I mean because there's a, sometimes they have a sort of audience vision where if from our point of view, it's very obvious Adrian oh, yeah. is, is Cyber 6. And sometimes that sort of that is gifted to the to the monster. Right. But this time, you know, through uh, like, so, for example, is it Kenji? Was that our detective who figured it out in about one minute of non-real detective work? Oh, right. Yeah. Whatever his name was. Agreed. Yeah. Because, you know, he was just preternaturally smart. Yeah. Um okay, so <coughs> things really kick off because they are Lucas and Adrian's classes are going on a field trip uh to the middle of nowhere. And I, it's just a weird field trip to me. So first of all, Lucas yeah. is the one driving the yeah, to bus. It's this idyllic Japanese countryside with uh, with Niagara Falls in the middle of it. It's <laughs> a it's a strange um interdisciplinary field trip mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. the humanities and science departments that like Adrian's gonna go read poems in a meadow, and yeah. the <laughs> and, science and Lucas, classes are gonna collect samples. Yeah, he says he's gonna collect biological specimens. It's like whatever that means, you fucking creep. 
Uh, I feel like that that's going to be against whatever state park rules they have. No kidding. Uh, but in the end, it just looks like he's just taking test tubes and getting river water. Like, it's just a weird, thin reason to take a trip out into the middle of the woods. Also, um, Data 7 follows them just by running on the road like a car, like a <laughs> panther car. <laughs> Panthers are cars. <laughs> Why panther be like car do? <laughs> oh, and he really does not want Adrian to go uh, yeah. because, you know, Cyber Six has gotten hurt in the like on the arm in the fight. Uh, I think she got stabbed, right? Like that's I guess, the... yeah. They can't show it, any sort of blood it, or violence, so it's yeah, really unclear. It's what really the... nebulous. They they imply early that it might be I don't know some sort of venom or right. or you know neurotoxin or something something spooky. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then that's not really what ha- I guess it gets bad enough that they have to go to the hospital. It could just be an infected wound. Yeah, it's this not, is a case where, like, more, actual gore might actually be better as a storytelling device. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. just a little bit of blood, but just like, let us know wound, what's happening. Data 7 is being a really, really good boy, and he is reluctant <laughs> as fuck to let her out of the apartment, and he is just doing everything in his Panther powers to, like, you know, swamp his body in front of the door and, you know, just making all these adorable faces. It's a really good Data 7 episode. Yeah. Um, but he finally like shows up at the field trip and Adrian, you know, is like, oh, God, it was just you wrestling in the in the bushes. You got to get the fuck yeah. out of here. You can't be here. And he finally is like, How OK, because people don't just have Panthers. <laughs> Data 7. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm your brother. That makes it a lot worse. <laughs> Look, you, Not you helping, don't understand. <laughs> uh but, like, right on cue when he gets the fuck out of there and, like, you know, sulks away, that's when Griselda decides to attack Adrian. And it's actually okay, pretty tense. This is another... We, we just talked about how, how Griselda actually figures it out through a bit of, you know, ingenuity and, and following. Yeah. But if the exact thing that she oversees is Adrian talking to Data 7. She sees Adrian's Cyber 6 tattoo. Mm-hmm. Which is... I think a little bit just we just didn't you just saw a person with black hair talking to their pet panther. Did you, I don't know. Yeah, if we really didn't need the, the extra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. that could just be any person in their panther friend. That could be anybody in their panther brother. <laughs> <laughs> with the same haircut, and the same body type. And... Although we Adrian Adrian uh, just uh, booking it through the woods was very cool was cool yeah. the, we, the whole rest of the episode is cool we've seen them yeah. jump very high but otherwise their reflexes and strength has always been a little bit hard to pin down mm-hmm. no it's just it's a ton of really cool action sequences basically for the rest of the yeah. rest of the, the tall show. grass forests say yeah uh, the, yeah the tall grass running is, is very fun mm-hmm. very pokemon yeah yeah i was gonna say that that to me was the north by northwest sort of moment it was right. like booking sure, it through the tall the grass being frills. chased by a vehicle Yep. Yeah. Uh, felt very North by Northwest. There's a really uh, tense kind of showdown in the middle of the hospital and the yeah. nurse gets all freaked out. And like uh, Adrian has to fight back with the defibrillator pads and like shocks oh. the grappling hook. That was fucking tight. That was that was also then if we're still, you know, looking at it, you know, that was the predator slash like mm-hmm. alien moment. That was mm-hmm. the Ripley moment of like because uh, because, yeah, they take Adrian to the hospital because Lucas finds finds him like all beaten up and 
fallen and some you know as they take her to the hospital um and then the invisible you know griselda shows up and you see the claw grappling hook and shoots it through a room and then yeah that hits the shock paddles and electrocutes griselda just oh it's so it's so cool because it's not built up at all no. like it's not it's not hinted at it's a surprise to the audience and it's like oh shit cyber six is fucking dope yeah, yeah the, the whole episode is just building tension by constantly beating up Adrian. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and that's and 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 not through some sort of like, you know, manufactured death clock that they just keep saying, "Oh, well, it's been two hours, and after four hours, we all die." You know? Yeah. Right. It's like it's minimal dialogue. It's a lot of ambient, you know, noise and environmental just like stuff. Yeah. Slowness. It it just takes its time. It builds the tension. Um, and, it builds and, the a... like anxiety. I know that I know that Austin watches these these videos, the Mark Brown, uh, yeah, Game Maker's Toolkit videos uh, about like Nintendo's design and like introducing like one game mechanic and re like making that useful in like thirty million different ways, and you don't only have to learn one mechanic. Like I feel like they did that with Griselda's grappling hook. Like every yeah. new like action scene had a different way that that was being used and it was always integral yeah uh, it was if she really also cool. had like a machine gun and missiles and <laughs> call traps and yeah knives. that wouldn't have been it's cool like, no no but like she like she steals an ambulance and cyber six is uh trying to run away and she grapples cyber six's arm and so uh adrian aka cyber six and you just interchange it is like getting dragged behind this ambulance from the grappling hook and that's really intense. And then she like swings by a bunch of rude teens and steals their skateboard. And then suddenly she's like, like, like parasailing. Yeah. Yeah. She's wakeboarding behind this like <laughs> speeding ambulance. And like, it's amazing. It's so cool. And then they end so up good. on the bridge and, uh, and data seven distracts her and she drives the ambulance straight off the side of the bridge. And she ends up hanging for her life from the grappling hook, which is attached to the bridge now. And and Cyber Six ends up trying to pull her up by the same fucking hook. It's like they keep using it, and it makes it a really nice through line, and it's a literal line. Or a narrative thread, if you will. I will. I absolutely <laughs> That is a literal will. thread. Um, but yeah, we end up at we end up at the 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 last spot on the bridge, and uh, Griselda has. I don't know. Uh, maybe an unrealistic change of heart at the last moment here. Yeah, it's one of those things that is just, I think, an unfortunate byproduct of all cartoons that reset at the end. Mm -hmm. It's just a little bit too much, a little bit too much bookkeeping at the very end. Well, it's also, we don't know her relationship with Von Richter. Exactly. Uh, we don't know Griselda's, like, how much she's sort of drinking the Kool-Aid of Von Richter. It's just it was her mission to to kill Cyber Six at all costs, basically, like everyone else. Yeah. Um, it, until Cyber Six sh shows her a little bit of compassion by pulling her, trying to pull her up the rope. Yeah. And yeah, but uh, we could have seen any number of things that whether it was Von Richter screaming at her at some point on the radio, or or her just kind of not sure why she's doing this. Yeah, just a moment, a of... look, anything like that earlier to yeah. suggest that she maybe her heart isn't fully in it. Yep. Yeah. But she seems pretty like, you know, happy seems go lucky murder about... town. Yeah. And then she suddenly it, it, it worked out fine. Like I said, it is it's it's 
it's a casualty of any number of shows that i mean even star trek well you'll come back from a commercial and they'll be like well we've put everything back where it was before you left (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah well so what i did like about this scenario though this sort of trolley problem isn't the right word but it's it's kind of a similar it's a a similar situation where cyber six is pulling the thread up and there's a train coming on the bridge and if cyber six keeps pulling up griselda then cyber six will get hit by the train and killed to sacrifice you know to save griselda and griselda sees that and then decides that she has to let go of the grappling hook in order to let cyber six survive so she has to sort of make that decision she says no you have to survive um i guess even just a little yeah a little bit where maybe adrian thinks they've got time and griselda sees they definitely don't and that they'll Mm -hmm. both die anyway yeah Yeah. i mean it's still even without that a little extra development necessary a little undercooked but it was still a really nice moment sure and it paid out it paid off really well immediately because adrian like uh, you know, rockets back when she like go, lets go of the of the thing and and rockets back, you know, clear of where the train's gonna be, and it's a really cool like shot of Adrian and like the train shadows like going really fast over his face, and he just looks really shell shocked, like holy shit, like yeah. she just let herself die for me, and it's surprisingly cool again without any you know without any words. I liked it right. a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then Data 7 comes over and is like, like, you can almost see the fucking I told you so on his face of like, you shouldn't, <laughs> shouldn't have left the apartment, you stupid idiot. So yeah, no, that, that episode fucking rocked. It was cool. It was very cool. Like the fugitive, man. Yeah. One big chase. Another scene. movie. Uh, it is uh, a movie. That's a movie. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. That's a movie. Ding, ding, ding. Let's, well, go, let's go on to our next show. For a for a for a pretty long you know for a pretty long song by the band Jamiroquai, this one was pretty good. <laughs> Loving this theme. Hey Austin. Yeah. Uh, I have here some copy for an ad. No, I don't think that's right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you have it because you're gonna tell us about it. <laughs> so. Uh, there's a new television show coming out, sort of a sitcom. Can you tell us all about, you know, what's going on with Vampire Math Class? Yes. I'm going to tell you all about uh, the brand new show coming to the Fox Box uh, <laughs> called Vampire Math Class. Um, that's right. You thought the Fox Box was gone? It's back, baby. It's back. And it's all on streaming on demand uh, through an association with, uh, you know, just some good websites. And you don't know what the websites are, but uh foxbox is back baby um some shadow money some of that dark yeah money. it's got some shadow money dark money on the dark web the dark web is getting into streaming a uh, video <laughs> streaming uh and they're gonna start bringing back the foxbox because that's what all, all the people wanted and uh they're doing some original programming uh for sure natch uh and that means sort of finding all of the weird hollywood writers who had pilots that didn't really go anywhere yeah. um and so they're picking up a bunch of a bunch of those dark web screenplays. Uh, and one of them was Vampire Math Class, which, uh, you know, they uh, they said was, you know, too too gross for modern audiences. 
and that's where the dark web comes in and so they're going to be showing this this math class that is all about uh get this very gross um but these are demon people that drink blood oh Ooh. i would not have yeah. guessed that yeah, it's very upsetting. They're called mathematicians, and uh, they do they do number crimes in class, and uh, then they drink people's blood, and uh, it's very upsetting. Uh, you probably didn't like math class. Uh, I don't blame you. Uh, it's because of all the demon people, it turns out, and they drink your blood, and that's why you don't like math. Yeah, it's so, all the bloodletting. Yeah, so this is going to follow some very fun and, and peppy teenager characters as they slowly uh, lose all of their will. <laughs> Uh, to, to carry on and blood <laughs> uh, and their grades are going to go down real bad and so this is a great new dark web tv show called vampire math class and you don't know where to get get it <laughs> we're not no, going to tell you how but no we're not going to tell you gosh dan it's the dark web i'm not going to just start <laughs> saying where it is the first rule of dark web it's the first rule of dark web. If you found it, you found it. You all, you almost got us to say it. If you found it, congratulations. You deserve to watch this abysmal show. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. That's my ska song. Thanks, everybody. That was a ska song. Uh, got those horns. Got those. Got those crazy drums. Uh, got yeah. some guys saying to pick it up, pick it up. Got that laid back uh, attitude. Got that laid back attitude. Got that fun times. Uh, got that almost reggae sort of cool vibe. Uh, and uh, that's ska and not Jamiroquai, which is different. Uh, and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, you know what else isn't Jamiroquai is episode thirty-seven of Sailor Moon, uh, Tuxedo Unmasked. Queen Beryl has sent Darian on a very important mission. She wants Darian to recapture the former Rainbow Crystal Carrier so that she can unite them into the Invincible Shadow, a warrior that not even the Sailor Scouts could defeat. When Darian begins to hunt for Greg, he clues Amy in on the plan, and the Sailor Scouts begin to form their own plan to stop Darian. I like that they just drop Greg in there like you're supposed to know. I was going to say, it's, it, it, it's, uh, it's my favorite bit, but it never gets old for me of just all of these high fantasy names. And then along and comes Greg. Greg. <laughs> and Chad, too. Yeah. Chad. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, this one was this one was interesting because it tried to bring back a little bit of uh, the show's continuity. You know, it yeah, did. It, I didn't really believe that if these people had like some secondary value that we would have not seen them for the, however long. That being said, I really enjoyed what they did with it. Yeah, it was a nice shift to acknowledge characters from throwaway one off episodes. And yeah, that we didn't get more of our boy Game Machine Joe. No, no we, we didn't get a ton of Game Machine Joe. Saw a picture of Game Machine same with, Joe. Same with, same with punching, punching Condor. Our boxing Condor was already in <laughs> Pox and Condor and the and the funny cat are already in the crystals. Oh, Rhett yeah, Butler. Which is a shame. Yeah, if only we could have had more Rhett Butler for this episode. <laughs> more Rhett Butler. Uh, so to be clear, we're talking about the, the last like big arc that happened with all the like rainbow crystals and the people who were secretly demons people all along. People who were secretly crystals. People yeah, secretly I mean, crystals. they were just like friendly people who were sleeper agents. Essentially, yeah. they had no idea that they had a terrible secret inside them and they were they had a a crystal that became the millennium silver millennium crystal millennium um 
<laughs> yeah, it's exactly right. Yeah, and, that's uh, exactly right. And so, you know, there are these seven randos. Uh, one of them was uh, the Andrew from the arcade, his, like, girlfriend who went off to Africa. And we see Darian in Africa, like, stealing her. Um, <laughs> and then we see that he's already captured Game Machine Joe, that random priest, and Rhett Butler, the fattest cat in the world. Um, and then the rest of the episode... He's not really all that fat, considering he's six feet tall. <laughs> pretty no- it's a normal-sized cat that we've been shaming. Yeah. He's huge. He's a very huge cat. Yeah. Uh, he's not... He can fit through the door. <laughs> like a man. <laughs> <laughs> like a man. So, that's kind of what we're doing here. The the Negaverse wants to get these seven people again, because apparently they still have some kind of latent power. And if they if Darian sucks all the seven people back up into his little evil crystal, they can still make that big bad demon boy. Yeah, which, you know, okay, fine. And, you know, like, it's it's a little silly. It's a little silly to be like, you know, actually, we can create an unstoppable god if we just kind of do a thing we haven't decided to ever do before. Yeah, it, it, it did feel like a lot of setup to basically just bring us back Greg, which I feel like they could have done for any number of reasons. He can still see the future. Like, he's still... Uh, of all of the other ones have kind of gone back to being normals. Right. Right. Uh, and, but Greg is still... Greg still sees the future, so I feel like... <laughs> no, why we didn't need- <laughs> we we didn't quite need such a reaching explanation as to why he would show up now. Well, to Although be fair, I bet Game Machine the... Joe still plays on Game Machines. He does. Yes, Game I know that Joe's. for sure. I talk to him every day. <laughs> uh, according to the wiki, though, Greg only shows up in this episode. This is the last we ever see of Greg. This is the last we ever see of Greg. That's too bad. He's we fun. have him set up as Amy's Amy's boyfriend, Amy's beau, Amy's, Amy's hunk boy. Squeeze the tush she likes to pound. <laughs> Yeah, all those things are correct and good for this appropriate age show. Um, it's it's we're just talking about holding down a touch and just pounding on it <laughs> in a consensual, fun way. Well, yeah, of that course, is very good. So, and, so yeah, we do get Greg, and Greg is wonderful. Um, he, it's a it's a good setup. For Amy to sort of demonstrate some emotional maturity that none of the other scouts, save for maybe Lita, can demonstrate. Um, yeah. Which is a Dude, really and nice and shift. And I've seen her Venus. Yeah, mm-hmm. so Greg is all tortured because he can see the future and he knows that like the folks are getting rounded up. He knows all these like former former crystal folks are getting rounded up. And so he's all worried and, and confused and you know feeling a little scared. And and then Lita catches a whiff of that of that boy in town and Lita's like seeks out Amy and she's like look you gotta you gotta find this tush you gotta, you gotta lock get down, your down slam on this piece. boy you gotta lock down this you slam boy find the tush yeah and so she brings Lita brings her own horn horn power and <laughs> tries to tries to tee up Amy and tries her to transfer transfer her thirst like energy a bloodhound. yeah yeah uh. so she's She's doing that, and and they go off and have a fun little like Lita and Amy duo. I really of the episode, it. I which is really it. nice. Lita and Amy show was just delicious. They yeah. So well, meanwhile, Serena's like arguing with Ray over like saucy boy manga. Yes. <laughs> and not really giving much of a a shit about not at all what is what should be a surprising, upsetting like thing happening in yeah. Tokyo. Um. And this episode had 
I think one of my favorite scenes of all for Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Darian, who has been hunting folks, uh, you know, hunting them down uh, to turn them into crystal juice, uh, finds Greg on the street and is and is being a real street tough. He's got these big, the awful shades. It addresses so much of what we've been talking about for this whole length of this show. Where he's like, I've got you now, you dumb little rat. And, and Greg's like, oh, yeah, I've got something. I got I got a way out of this that you, you never even thought of. And Darian's like, yeah, sure, whatever. And Greg just goes, help, help. This adult, this adult, hey, help. I need an adult. <laughs> this adult is a bad adult. <laughs> Everyone on the street is like, oh, shit. Bad adult oh, in shit, evil that shades. that grown man is harassing a small boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is like great community support here. This yeah. is like a wonderful wish fulfillment of like knowing that the community around you is going to have your back without question immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. That was amazing. It uh, was great. I like, so I, my favorite scene in this episode is a little later where, uh, so, so Lita and Amy have shown up to, I'm to, sorry. Hmm? Oh no, this might be, this might be yours. Yeah, oh. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you. If you, if, if your next favorite scene is also, if your favorite scene is my next favorite scene, I don't know. All right. Very we'll find out. Be. Uh, we'll see what you say. So Lita and Amy have I don't want to step on your gone to, <laughs> to... Oh, my God. Rory. Rory. Fuck. Lita and Amy have gone to meet... Have They've gone to save Greg, and they're in this alleyway, and Darian is there. And Darian is, like, ready to fight. And Sailor Jupiter is like... Oh, no, uh, Sailor Mercury's like... Okay, I'll stay here and fight Darian. You take Greg and get to safety. And Jupiter's like, no, I'll stay here and fight Darian, and you go off with Greg for like the reasons <laughs> yeah. about why we were talking about before. She's like standing in front of Darian, who's like impatiently tapping his foot, and she's wingmanning. And she's I god tier wingman. Love it. It is so good. It's very good. She will sacrifice her own life so that her friend can get some sweet tush. Step <laughs> out. Yeah. She's literally putting she, her life on the line so that her friend can get laid. It's amazing. Uh, what a good us. friend. <laughs> Although I like that she she actually very competently deals with Darian, which was also cool to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it is Although clear also, that Darian kind of lets her go, whether or not it's because he's having like a like a oh no, but I like yeah. I like her and I'm secretly a really good guy or whatever. Like he he basically he pulls his punches at the very end and walks away and lets her go. Right. I think it's because he realizes that he's wasting time now and that mm -hmm. you yeah. know. I Greg's just always away. really I always really enjoy when I see the Sailor Scouts being the thing they're good at besides a Sailor Scout. So whether it's Lita doing karate, yep, uh, or or Ray doing Shinto witch stuff, it's just cool. It's cool yeah. they've got a second thing. And I like seeing the second thing. Shinto yeah. witch. There, there was a brief moment that was funny that was uh when uh lita and amy were talking about greg and just like having a girl chat about amy's emotions for greg and that like they just had a, a really deep like conversation about it and yeah. i think it was lita that was saying like talking you know the the classic like denials the river in egypt oh sort of yeah. phrase oh, but however she, in the yeah, but dub they do, they do use it pretty poorly the way the way it's said is something like, you know, it's a river in Egypt, D Nile. Like the <laughs> emphasis is is heavily on the D, which doesn't which doesn't nobody says either word that way. 
Yeah. Like Austin has and Austin has stumbled upon the funnest little secret the secret little Easter egg of this episode. Because while Amy and Lita are walking around, who should we see but a lady with a assumedly a missing cat sign? I don't know. It's just a sign of Rhett Butler. It's just a really? pig. It's just, it's just, I swear to you on, on a stack of holy Bibles of Dr. Jim's great, of Dr. Jim's holiest dental Bibles. <laughs> what the fuck even is Dr. Jim and his holy dental Bible. I promise you, Rep Butler is on a... There's a lady either... She either wants him to run for president or it's like a missing cat <laughs> sign. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. I didn't even notice. I um, and him. then there's another fun little visual bit of uh, design here uh, where they use one of the... Um, this might have just been in the English. In it, For all I know, the Japanese had just like a normal sign. But either way, using using the like neon signs of Tokyo as as like an interstitial, we come back from commercial and instead of like the d- name of a department store, it just says Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. That's kind of fun. That's a really that's it's yeah. fun. That's a really just it's just a fun. We all knew it's not Sailor Moon. It was for I don't know. I thought it was very no. Cool. I totally agree with you. I like that a lot. Uh, I mean, it just seems like this show this show is best when it plays. When it plays around. That's when it's playing around, yeah. And very much so. I think that this episode is a really good example of that. Like they, you know, they're trying to do a little bit of a plot heavy thing, but they're they're letting it they're letting it out. They're, yeah, and they're... unlike say all of the other boys that have been uh, that have been part of the show, uh Greg knows Sailor Mercury is Amy. Yep. Yeah. And and so their their date at the theme park was just a lot of fun. It was very delightful. Yeah, yeah. Very so they endearing, they do go to the pleasant. theme park. They go off to a Ferris wheel amusement park. Um, you know, initially they're just kind of running to try to get away from. Right. Uh, from Darian. From Darian. Uh, but they also, you know, are, are sweet on each other. And, uh, you know, it's a nice place to be. Uh, but playfully you presenting know, their tushes to one another, like a pair of peacocks. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like what you see? Explore my fullness. <laughs> Gross. Uh, so, so they don't do that, and instead, uh, Darian shows up. They have a very up. emotional conversation about their feelings, and yeah, they reveal and, that they're sweet are. on each other. And that right. they were, they, were... They, they do, they do. I would say, kind of. Greg's Greg's perfect foresight comes and goes apparently because he's like I was too afraid to ask you out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why was she gonna say no? Because that would have been fun if the, if if the if that's what he you know said was like well I looked in the future and you know you were busy with school and stuff you were gonna say no. That could have been neat. Yeah. I don't like I don't like the that's the one time that I don't like Greg is because of his future sight. It feels like it's incredibly convenient in like two little moments and every other moment he's like not it's not a yeah, benefit otherwise he's just a, he's just a small young boy yeah. um and let's not forget he uses it to cheat at math tests <laughs> <laughs> let's never forget that <laughs> uh turn him into the police so <laughs> <laughs> excuse me mr police this man cheated with future sight um 
Darian actually gets to drop some sad truth that I really enjoyed. Uh, Mercury d- as he as he catches them in the in the theme park. Yeah, Mercury like does her normal thing because she's alone, right? And so she does her normal thing, which is Mercury bubbles, and which he, is Mercury bubbles. Yes, and he he's like, okay, what you think you can stop me with silly bubbles? And it's like, ooh, ouch, ouch. Yeah, it does ouch. hurt a little. But bit. But you know what? It, it did also. I would say. I mean, yes, because it's true, as we've pointed out many times, Bubbles kind of sucks as a power. <laughs> um, the We get a glimpse of his actual, like, the, the threat he poses to them as she summons Bubbles, and then he sort of, like, immediately forces himself through the Bubbles. He's very fast. Yeah. Well, he's he like also... That. He's just like, in her face right away. He mm-hmm. also turns from Darien into Tuxedo Mask, and it, it's like a surprise... It's weird. There's a moment where Amy like gasps when yeah. it was Darian and then he turns into tuxedo mask. And I like, think, I think maybe no, we, it was supposed to be this, like a though. ploy. Like maybe he, maybe he was trying to be like, look, it's me. I'm back. I'm it's back to normal. But she didn't maybe. fall for it. It was, yeah, I just, I was kind of confused by it. He uses the cane to spin around and pop the bubbles. Yeah. And mm. then, so Mercury does the bubbles again, but then she moves like faster than a Dragon Ball Z character. Yeah, to, like, she's very, very fast, yeah. which is cool. And then it's Amy fucking it with the bubbles in the clutch. And yeah. it's amazing. I gasped. I was when so she happy. threw the bubbles out. <laughs> she snatched up that crystal like a little raccoon. And then just and, <laughs> and then she threw it on the ground. It was amazing. Amy fucking it was really kicked cool, ass. Yeah. Amy got her yeah, moment. As we have spent, as we spent, you know. 37 episodes ragging on how dumb bubbles are they finally mm-hmm. pay off yes yeah. yes they did um and it was nice because it was sort of the show admitting that like look you know we gave you know we made three of our other characters incredible sorceresses <laughs> <laughs> and you know amy's sort of like we chucked amy a palm pilot and some you know like a bubble wand Right, she has the powers of a kindergarten teacher. It's like an X-Men <laughs> where, you know, whatever whatever incarnation of comic or cartoon or whatever, like if they've got a somebody at, at Xavier's school who's just got a goofy fucking power, right. you'll just, you know, 200 episodes in or whatever. Right, once a, a season, once a season, once a season, they get to shine. And I'm this was useful a really great today. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you need to smell like bacon. <laughs> oh bacon boy now it's not so stupid after all <laughs> i'll be taking my a now charles <laughs> uh, uh yeah i don't know the episode finishes out with with amy and greg on an actual date and riding a ferris wheel and all the other well, girls being jealous yeah but first serena did show up after the crystal smash yeah <laughs> serena shows up she tries to heal darian Oh, yeah, that's right. That's kind of sad. Yeah, they use their, like, use your healing activation shit, and she tries to heal him, and it kind of looks like it works until he gets surrounded again by the big black energy, by the, the dark energy waves, and he teleports away. Yeah, and he gets, he, he's having, like, flashbacks of his old memories, and as soon as he, like, teleports back, Beryl's just standing there like, what the fuck? Now I gotta erase these memories again. Oh, I gotta do it. all this again. I had a Friday night plan, and I gotta spend it just, like, <laughs> making this boy evil again. <laughs> it's just such a oh it's so annoying yeah it's just funny apparently in the manga he did not get uh this only happened once like it mm-hmm. worked the mm-hmm. first time i think he didn't have to go back and get get whammied again well they didn't have to pad for a couple more episodes right they didn't have to pad so it looks like this was kind of a well you know we need we need a little more time we're not quite at the end <laughs> of the episode order so 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what's the what's this what's this old sailor says? It's sort of thinly related. I guess yeah, I I didn't feel great about this one. No, because um, the <laughs> so tell us why it's about persistence and the but yeah, which is fine by itself. But the example they used was well, Tuxedo Mask is is an evil man, and he's not good right now. Uh, but Serena just doesn't give up, and he it, might be a trying. bad person, but she's gonna keep trying to fix fix him. <laughs> <laughs> and you know you shouldn't give up at the other things in your life. Yeah. And like, you know what? Look, uh, all people, if a man is bad, don't hang give around. Don't Just give, give up. Don't give up, right give up on, on that person. They're a bad person. Don't keep trying to fix that bad person. No tush is worth that. No. You don't need to be pounding that bad man's tush. <laughs> the bad man's tush. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about all three. Okay, let's talk about all three. Sure, that sounds that sounds good to me. Uh, all three were great, but I still liked Jamiroquai better. Yeah, no, I think you're you're not wrong about that. I think well, um, you know, there's you got the harmony, the melody, and the percussion. All three parts are what make this one Jamiroquai song that we listen to work. I think what we're what we're seeing here, legitimately <laughs> though, is that like these these are end of season episodes, yeah. and what happens with end of season episodes is just. Either it's pure payoff or it is just the writers suddenly get a little more flexibility either from the network or just confidence in that they've been doing it for a little while or just, you know, it feels like the right place to do it. But to to raise the stakes a little bit yeah, to yeah. play well, with the formula of the show or to play with the, you know, tease the concept a little bit or like, hey, what if we you know, take away a major thing about the show or what if we like, yeah, well, and with you know, Moo Mesa has been introducing new villains every week for like four weeks. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, that's kind of impressive in and of itself. Like they, they right. recognized that they were doing baloney and, and they were terrible. And the cookie was a little stale. Yeah. And they're like, all right, let's, let's start throwing spaghetti noodles at the wall and see which one of them looks like a snake. Hot, let's get some fresh hot spaghetti noodles. Mm hmm. Uh, I don't know. And, you know, some of them worked. B Bat Blaster Gun, maybe I could do without ever seeing again. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> the name is funny. The bit is funny once. They just they overused his punniness. Oh, fangs very much. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think that we're we're in a funny spot. I mean, we're approaching the end of our season and. I think that it's it's easy for me to get a little impatient with these episodes right now because they're not taking me anywhere, you know. Because we're we're sort of like I'm 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 in a, in a in my real life kind of used to we're, we're cartoons. We're in that golden age of television. Yeah, this is not this is not Better Call Saul. Exactly. Right. You want to see what Bob Odenkirk's doing? Exactly. Yeah. All three of these did not uh, were not serialized. They 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 ended back at kind of at the default mm -hmm. state, mm -hmm. but you know they were still good like they they were still they were still they felt like they had more weight to them they did. than normal they felt like special episodes but you know unfortunately yeah they didn't they didn't like leave a cliffhanger they didn't make some like they didn't know, leave irreversible the they didn't leave any marks on on the tush, on the tush. Yeah. and uh you know we've only got <laughs> one more episode of cyber six to watch that's the and then right. we will have watched all of the cyber six that exists Right. Uh, I'm crazy. Very fascinated to see what happens next week. Uh huh. Yeah. Or what doesn't happen next week. 
right? Oh, geez, Jim. Yeah, I mean, I feel for the creators of the show potentially. You know, I don't know what the situation was with producers, but I'm I'm sure it it's not easy to you know have a one season show and and yeah well, in that and time like where everything has to be accessible you have a lot of questions about a show where the source material is uh such a in this case so much more mature but i guess you could go either way where where you have to ask did they see something in this material that they thought really applied to kids or did they just take something and think they could kind of twist the sponge enough times that it you know worked right because yeah. they needed a paycheck yeah, and there's ring enough ring enough out of this thing to get it going. Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. I think we'll have yeah, uh, it's more not concise one that we can decisions at the end. I, of... But I hope that the last episode clarifies it a little. Agree too. Yeah. Me too. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, I, I, well, I had a good time maybe... listening to these ska bands this this week. I guess yeah. is that we're still that was the theme. It was ska. It's the it was the ska band. It, we listen to ska while we talk about Jamiroquai. Yeah, and I never said that Jamiroquai was ska. That was an impression. That was something that Austin <laughs> inferred incorrectly <laughs> because, I, <laughs> and then has been ragging on me for it the whole time, even though I never said. <laughs> I never said Jamiroquai is a ska band. Obviously, they're not ska. Obviously, they share nothing in common with America's favorite genre of music. <laughs> um, let me tell you what. Why don't Why don't I just, you know, present the tush and you can whisper the thing you always say straight in, <laughs> straight in. <laughs> just whisper it right on in there. Yeah, the thing uh, that's great. The thing that we it's say, too loud. The thing we that's too say loud. at the end. It's too loud. I'm gonna once I say it, it's, it's gonna be a whisper. Make its way through the tush. I'm I'm making I'm making the loud announcement, and then it's gonna be a real quiet whisper. And the okay, thing good. we always say, the thing we say every time is, um, back that tush up, bash it back out that tush. That tush is my friend. <laughs> that tush is my friend. <laughs> we can all be friends with the tush. Oh, I hate this. Well, Good it's night. a episode, and we like Tush, so. <laughs> the kingdom of Tush. Goodbye, everybody. Whoa. Hey there, dingbats and ding girls and ding uh, lings and dinguses and dingers. Ding treats. That's about all the dings. That's about all the ding stuff I can come up with. You guys were real. You guys were real good fans this week, and we are so happy to have you over here at Saturday morning Tuesdays, where every week we review a part, some cartoons and talk about them. And uh, maybe you want to like us on Facebooks, Instagrams, Twitters, uh, uh, Tumblers, Yahoo Answers. Go the go everywhere where pe- where the people are. And spread the word of the good Lord, Jesus Christ. Or second to that, you know, just like throw a couple stars on our on our iTunes page, dude. You you make that big call. It's your life, you live it. We're just we're just we're just all passengers in your story. So anyway, maybe you can give us iTunes five stars would be great. You can go over to our website, sadamtuesdays.com, and go check out our store where we sell very real products from our very real advertisers. Uh, or just listen to our show over and over until it rattles through your soft, bony cartilage. 
So maybe we'll see you next week. Or maybe this has been entirely too unapproachable and you just want nothing more to do with those boys over at Saturday Morning Tuesdays. Where this week we were brought to you by Salty Vaseline and some of that vampire math class. And next week, who knows? Who knows which kind of ad's going to come along. But you know, here's what we do know. It's going to be our farewell finale to Sailor Moon with delicious special guest Allison Lures. And she's going to have all kinds of great fun insights about Sailor Moon and all of her fun, all of the all of her favorite candied treats. It's going to be one heck of a blast, y'all. So stick around and uh, see what happens on Saturday morning, Tuesdays. I've been I've been your dear host, Rory, and uh, I'll talk to you later, boys and boys and germs. <laughs> <laughs>